In today's episode of Talent Savvy, we will be talking about the layoffs, the hiring freezes for tech talent at the major tech companies and the scale-ups. And we will be giving very specific advice to recruiters for startups, scale-ups, corporates, and governments on how to go about approaching these people and wheeling them in. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Talent Savvy, the podcast that inspires you on all things talent. From the Netherlands, my name is Bas van der Hatert. From Germany, Matthias Schmeisser. From London, Akbar Karenga. So, we are talking today, ladies and gentlemen, on the big tech hiring and layoffs. And you can't not have heard it about the slowdown, the layoffs, but I want to quote this from an article from the Pragmatic Engineer blog, which he's saying like, yes, there's a lot of layoffs and there's there's insane amount of layoffs, but let's also look at the headcount changes at big tech. Basically, he was looking at Microsoft, Google, and Meta, and combined, they added almost 100,000 jobs over the last year. So yes, we're seeing a lot of people leaving, but big tech literally grew by 20% last year alone. So even if they're laying off a few percent right now, they still have a lot more people. Now, Microsoft is saying we won't hire as much. Google is saying we'll add significantly less people. Meta has basically said we're not hiring anybody. A lot of venture-backed firms are saying that they're actually letting a lot of people go. You can't not have heard about this, but the main question, and we've got two people who hire a lot in tech with Matthias and Akbar, is this the moment that traditional corporates and maybe even governments can start replenishing their tech demand? Because I literally just came from a meeting where uh, a head of recruitment for a big, big local government here in the Netherlands said to me that he's been looking for about 100 techies for ages and he can't find them. And I actually know their application numbers. They still get way more applicants in every sector except for tech. And I hear that a lot from the government. I hear that from big corporates. So my question is, is this an opportunity for the traditional corporates or are you saying they're not going to get there anyway? Matthias, let me start with you. What, what do you think? You know this, this market really well. Yeah, I think there's no, no easy answer for this. I think one of the things that I have seen is that even given the layoffs or the hiring freezes, Hiring tech talents is still hard. It's not getting easier. And I think with listening to your bubble and your environment, I feel like at the moment in Berlin, I keep on like growing the engineering team, you know, week after week. But at the same time, I hear like or feel like that people are, you know, confronted with hiring freezes or layoffs. But then again, I think the interesting part and going back to this article a little bit and trying to answer your question as well is. I think you really need to differentiate here. I think the people who are laid off, they have somehow an urgent need. First of all, it's not always engineers. I think that's when we talk about layoffs of startups, it's not just engineers only. Um, somehow uh, not so many uh, are affected of this. But if they are affected, then it's really something where they are looking for stability, which could be an argument for your government case and your more corporate case. 
But at the same time, I still see that people are looking for what kind of like tech challenges do I have? And this has been always an issue for people where they say, you know, what do I work with? What kind of tackles do I solve as an engineer? And this has been something where I've even seen in the last couple of months that you can even outscore the big tech companies if you have a smaller organization, some really interesting technology challenges where people can work in and they have some meaning, I would argue smaller tech companies might profit from the bigger big tech layoff in that sense. But I wouldn't really say it goes directly in the direction of, hey, governments, hey, corporates, this is a great chance uh, for you to ease with hiring. I think we will see also little, little changes. So for example, maybe the competition also in salaries wouldn't increase as it has been over the course of time. And then we might get uh, decent salaries. But again, this really depends because when you look in engineering, for example, and Akbar, I would love to hear your view on this, is literally security engineers right now. They are really, really hard. They have very competitive salaries at the minute as well, no matter where they've been looking for, because literally everybody needs to be safe, needs to be more secure, needs to invest in their information security pieces. And this is an ongoing topic over the course of time where these guys who have this, such jobs, they just, you know, still have the chance to get whatever they want. Yeah, and I think it, it really depends on what kind of type of engineer you look for and which seniority as well. But I leave it up to Akbar. I just said a lot, huh? So, no, uh, thank you for that. Me, I am super bullish and probably in the completely the opposite direction to you in terms of opinion. My view is that some of the traditional businesses, some of the governmental recruitment companies, they've lost the war for this type of candidate a long time ago. And the underlying thing when we talk about redundancies is we got to use the dirty word called severance. So these are people who are now being given a big pile of money potentially because they already had favorable terms and they're being told, do you want to ride out this tough half a year, couple of quarters until it comes back? And they're going to be voting with their, oh, I've got a portfolio type of career already. So many people are interested in short-term contracts and they're going to you risk my large salary i can either sit and eat the money bit by bit or make revenue in that way also the larger meta trend over the last two three years is that tech teams they were the least affected during covid they're the ones that were more likely to pivot into remote first so they were making hay and again still earning and still being financially successful when the whole economy was struggling so I firmly believe that there's no massive push reason to go and lock yourself into a 12 or 18 month experience in a company or a technical problem that you don't really want. So th th that is probably the bow on that opinion there. Is it an, an opportunity? Fundamentally, also, the competition remote first and international and distributed means that people ain't choosing that small startup outside Amsterdam and that large business in Amsterdam, you see it already. It's actually, I'm fighting against any business willing to hire me in GMT and CET time globally. Yeah, so basically you're saying both of you are very reluctant to say there are opportunities here for the corporates and the more the government-like organizations. I don't know if it's the case. I mean, I don't know 
uh, I was just wondering, is it because I see them struggling? And of course, one of the reasons, and I think Matthias, you pointed that out really well, is that they just work with technology, which isn't sexy, but also they work with managers and organizations who can be very annoying. Let's put it like that. It's a detriment to an engineer, actually, if they are learning and building in something that is a couple of versions or a couple of things behind. They're going to have to explain that in the next interview. They come in, you know what, let me just do side projects. Let me do my own work. Let me build something. So you see MBA programs and programs like Antler and Entrepreneur First have spikes in technical talent putting their hand up for these positions because it's like it's counter cyclical to recessions. Really interesting. So how do you guys feel the just in general about what's happening now in, in the tech market, in the layoffs? What what opportunities do you see for recruiters? How can we help these people or do we even need to help them? What's your general ID? I've heard it before and it was advice everyone should have been following during COVID. So is if you are about delivering CVs, that is a very dangerous position to be if you're in talent and recruitment. There was always a case where what other things are you adding to the business and what other opportunities outside of your core function? So no one's job is safe right now in our cost center like experience in terms of recruitment let's just be fair but then actually why is this happening i would say it's a couple of reasons so one is structural one is technological and then one is financial so technological first right now through so many microservices no code solutions and basic api like services means that engineering teams need to be smaller to produce just as much value so Twitter has 2,000 engineers for a microblogging website. That's hilariously bloated. Why? But then at the same time, the major incumbent employers, they are not deviating or making amazing new crazy products that need new engineers. You see, for example, the list of the four there. It's the biggest revelation was everyone copying Snap's Reels function. That was the last moment of, oh my God, this is absolutely amazing. Then another reason why we're having these layoffs is uh, structural. So you need to follow the advertising dollars for a lot of the market. So the new iOS or relatively new iOS changes just killed the advertising revenue of so many different businesses. And people are now working around what does that mean? And if I'm not chasing, if I'm not getting returns on advertising, I'm going to do less. But then when I look at the financial on a, on a big macro level, so this quarter, the VC tickets are 60% down year on year. But that's because last year was crazy, bloated growth at all costs. This is a understandable readjustment to what is semi-normal right now. So it's like, why were we hiring so much? Like all of us as recruiters, we got crazy offers and when we're trying to grow our teams, it's like, you've got two years experience and you're asking for what? Yeah. Now there's some semblance of normality regarding that there. So yes, it is bad and it is affecting loads of people in terms of real personal situations, but there are big trends that mean that this is going to happen. But instead of being doom and gloom, I need everyone to remember that there was that time where we thought capitalism wasn't going to exist in the middle of COVID. What's going to happen now is every VC firm has partners, has KPIs, and has got their 2 and 20. That means they need to deploy capital. 
every single time where we think that it's going to slow down, pension funds need to deploy at LP level to start getting the things moving. Money is like energy. It doesn't die. It just moves. It changes form and it comes around. Yeah, I couldn't agree more on that. I recently had a conversation with uh, someone who is an advisory firm, uh, Venture Capital, and literally said, well, even if they are, and you have seen this through the summer and now even the end of the year, they are not just investing in everything that jumps on their plate immediately, but they need to invest in at one point. And still a lot of ventures who have their smaller or bigger businesses, people still struggle filling roles. And I think even if we maybe take a perspective into the world of startups and scale-ups, you know, series A, B, C, what happens there? I think it's not just technology, but it's also the maturity piece. I think the maturity around, do I have a good enough engineering culture? Do I have a state-of-the-art kind of engineer a team? What is the engineer leadership doing? I think these are things where now going back to the layoff people that getting laid off, but still there are some great people there who are just affected because of maybe timing of changes when they moved um, to a new uh, gig or not. But anyhow, there are some brilliant people that might be really a benefit for your engineering organization where you can leverage this. I think we have a similar situation and it really depends if you are a growth story where in the beginning of COVID, a lot of people hit the brakes on hiring. That's the most stupid mistake. Yeah, I think they could have done because you had gold on the market at that time. People did not have the choice anymore as much. And there was it not a candidate market, but an employer market, which actually was very interesting because we could attract at that time certain talents that we never had a chance to. And I think in some areas here, if you have the money, if you have the backup to really hire some key critical roles as well or build new engineering teams, you might actually have a chance if, if under the condition of having a great, uh, being a tech company per default, having a great tech product, there is some opportunity to add more maturity to your organization. And I think that is something when you think about people getting laid off, and looking for new roles, most of the time, those leaders, they're not making the decisions within like a week or two. Yeah, After that happens, they maybe go to garden leave. They maybe are like, okay, what is my next step? I really want to figure this out. I need to maybe digest, go into, into me, myself, and say, what is really my next step? What kind of value do I need to bring based on the experience I had? And then make a more thoughtful and mindful decision. And so they might not even rush that fast, right? Because they have multiple different conversations until they're really bought into. And please be reminded, people are more detailed on what is your venture? What is your runway? You know, what is your business model? These are questions that that probably also need a good research. So people definitely not going to drive decision making that fast and jump to the next opportunity that quickly. Shall, shall we maybe uh, try to give some some spe- concrete, specific tips to different types of recruiters now looking for tech talent? And I just want to go through with you. What would you advise a recruiter for a startup, a scale-up, and yes, I'm still going to try it, a corporate or a government? So let's start with a startup. If they're looking for tech talent in this time, what would your advice be to a startup recruiter who just got, for example, their Series A or their... their seed capital what would your advice be on for them to sell on this laid off uh, tech talent i think you need to present very clearly how your startup has product market fit 
you need to pitch to your talent tech or whatever that they are not building in the dark for a maybe nebulous idea of can they make money from this. So you need to become a, a, a like like you're speaking to a VC. So uh, I was recruiting for a two sided marketplace and he, and I kept on getting asked. So no, how will you be making money? How will you make sure I have a job next year? You need to answer those questions if you're a, a seed Series A startup. Yeah, I would also add. And what is your role? In that, what is the impact that you create as an engineer or as a tech talent in order to be part of that story, right? I think that is then also very important. And especially if you still consider startups as being ABC, kind of like, I would even argue, you know, what is the opportunity also for that person? Yeah, people look at learning opportunities, growth opportunities. Is this a moment for somebody to make a jump maybe? Yeah, to try out something new, to learn something new, to get into better tech stack or uh, some uh, situations that they haven't tried out themselves or were blocked in their former department that might be very compelling to people. All right, cool. What is the advice we'll give to scale-up recruiters? So basically... Uh, well, you just said ABC, I think actually usually by somewhere BC, depending on the size of the round, you become a scale up, but you, you've got your product market fit, you got your products out there and now you're scaling up. Yeah. What's the advice? I would say you need to take away what you usually said about, oh, we're growing X number per year. That will scare candidates. If you say that what you've been doing recently in the, the crazy time. So lose that from your pitch deck in terms of excitement level. I think now you've got an opportunity with some sort of revenue coming in. You've got Meteor benefits packages, L&D packages, and development packages, then the scale up. So work on that in terms of how can you stay and grow with us? And then also be ready to answer the runway question. Simple as that. You have no chance in this space if you can't hear from your leadership when will we run out of money what does the race situation look like in worst case scenario yeah and uh, maybe to add on that what did you learn over the last years yeah how did you get smarter what mistakes did you do how do you actually improve i think it's very appealing to people if they hear a little bit of what kind of journey you have been through and Maybe also openly talk about the mistakes you made and um, the, the lessons you learned, because even that might be a, a PR gig, but if everybody has a similar story in that interview, in that hiring process, people buy it, people look at authentic stories, people look at, hey, we are not perfect. Yeah, it's still with a B or C, it's still not perfect. They still work on, you know, having an ideal workspace that where everybody can drive. And, and really listen to that learnings, I think, uh, could be very impactful as well. All right. So then the, probably the most difficult ones. You're working for a major corporate. How would you go and approach, or, or perhaps even a government, but maybe we even need to split those two apart. Let's start with the major corporates, because I find there are really different teletraction yes. levels of them. Okay. You're working at a major corporate. And you want to hire IT recruitment because everybody's doing digital and everybody needs a digital transformation, which is, of course, a ridiculous term. But <laughs> is that a term you should or should not use? What's your advice to the corporate IT recruiter? So the corporate IT recruiter, you have 
this is your chance to pitch everything that you wanted to change about your process, everything that you wanted to rip apart. You need to pitch to the HR, the leadership, the FTR that this is an opportunity to grab amazing talent now. Anything that they were saying no to regarding flexi time for your staff, some level of remote or hybrid, everything that they're still saying no to now, pitch it now because these people are not going to be available this time next year. And is that also your pitch to the candidates? To the candidates, if you have a really respected name. So we've been trading for X number of years. People maybe will look for some level of stability uh, with a large one there. And then also the I describe the tech talent that we've had is kind of maturing into number of years experience. This is their second time of reskilling. Maybe they're you're looking for a certain type of candidate base who have family, who will care about deep institutional benefits like above minimum pension contribution. For example, corporate medical, uh, these things that are inherent benefits for a certain type of more senior person is something that you can definitely play to. You're the, you're the safe pair of hands now. I couldn't agree more because that was also one of the things that I had in mind. But especially now, I would also pitch that change story. Yeah, there is a certain change story from where they are right now, where they want to be. They probably hired some really fancy CTO or engineering godfather that, you know, drives that change and, you know, pitching the personal stories of that, the people that they have in mind, the conferences they go, the kind of change momentum that they want to do. Also look a little bit at attrition rates or numbers, like if this is a very stable environment, people probably are fed up with an ABC startup or scale up where they say, oh, I had five different leaders in two years. Or complete change, like I worked with a team that they completely were laid off or changed completely or were bought from another business or whatever, yeah. They're probably also a little bit sick and tired of changes and the more stability that you have and the more decency of, hey, we're doing something good and maybe it takes us a little bit longer. Yeah, fair enough, but you have a decent life and you can really work with experts that are, you know, in this kind of culture and wouldn't say family because that's going too too much into this but it's more of an organic kind of good feel momentum i would really go into this all right let's talk then the last advice we're going to give government or government agencies sort of government organizations like healthcare hospitals universities what would our advice to the government and what we in the netherlands call semi government recruiters looking for this tech talent be? First thing that comes into mind would be purpose. There's probably a purpose for what you do. If it's healthcare, like, you know, I immediately when you talked about healthcare, I thought health tech, but then this is not governmental, right? Because then they would probably say, you know, you have those rigid kind of structures and we want to disrupt this. But no, I think really purpose means a lot, especially to Akbar, who made that case earlier that, you know, you have probably some well funded or like let's say some well-earned wealthy engineers that made already their money and they probably look more for purpose than anything else and and then that's something that i would connect to i also would say it's probably something what i found very interesting is oh are you not always like worried because something in healthcare is not working like talk about the problem statements that everybody could connect to and then you'd be like yeah 
I know when I transferred like from one insurance to another, this was such a pain and always had this topic. If I could improve this, you know, that would be a magic. So that is maybe something that I would work with purpose and problem statements and how do you make this space more disruptive? Well, my answer is actually, so New York on November the 1st just passed the transparency pay law. One of those bills is in the Dutch parliament right now getting voted on, and it's in the same in the UK. But most of these processes regarding transparency, for example, have had to have been installed if you were a governmental body. So weirdly, the care, the oversight, and the common sense aspect to this topic was being led by governmental bodies. So you're in a position where it's actually, you you can play that well, like Citibank are just doing this now. We've been doing this for 20 years. If we are a a council, an education brand in the UK or or New York or the Netherlands, that's one very unusual and very specific niche. I'm going to completely agree with your point, Matthias, is like back to my point when I said about you need to show product market fit. You've got that as a governmental. You've got that as a hospital. You know education is important. I don't need to sell that there to it. So really just hammer down where this isn't going anywhere. We ain't going anywhere. And you're like essential to the life and day. But then also when I look at, it's kind of a sad point. We've seen the politics mean that people are seeing the weaknesses and the lack of support network and the inefficiencies of our governmental and semi-governmental bodies then you could be like, that was awful. Don't you think that if they had better tech, we could, for example, in the UK, we have more food banks than McDonald's, which is absolutely shocking. But then there are so many NHS trusts who are looking for amazing people that can help with a tech build around that. Yeah. One final question, something just popped into my mind because actually one of my best mates is an IT guy at a hospital and he told me many years ago when he got a job, like, listen, I just became a father. I'm looking for a less fast-paced environment. And the great thing about government and semi-government, he says, it is extremely important, but the thing of working at a hospital is we check, double-check, triple-check because it's really impossible if as soon as my system goes down, nobody can get there. Uh, he's in a laboratory uh, part of the hospital. He says, if we don't get in any results, people die. So yes, I, saw, I have 24-hour shifts sometimes, or at least 24-hour on call, because we are 24-7 operations. So sometimes I can't drink during the weekends. That's uh, actually, he considers this a benefit for having the mandatory not (laughs) drinking every once in a while, but that's a different story. But he said it's less fast-paced. Now, I'm really curious, would that be a selling point or is that something that people should think of themselves? Because other people might consider less fast-paced, even less fast-paced than it already is, and then you really attract the people you don't want. Just quick, is it a selling point or not, Matthias? To a certain kind of people in a certain part in their life, Yes, but not to everyone, right? I think definitely, uh, I mean, this is stereotyping a little bit, but like definitely families or people who have maybe a different focus and job is not everything in their life, they, they, they are just fine with like doing this nine to five kind of, of job. If they, if they still do amazing work, then you don't have to work long hours, right? And I think this generation is changing so much that this is actually not about 
hey, you perform well because you spend a lot of hours in what you do. There's definitely also future growth with the generation that comes in, but also it will attract certain people in certain age groups for sure. Akbar, last word. Yeah, I used the term portfolio career before in a different context. I think uh, allowing somebody to, oh, this job finishes at this time and then I can do this other thing. On a very personal level, for example, I am now being able to do something like this and speak on this topic. I am asked to do other things outside of my core job. I've got this side project going on. And that might be really appealing to be like, we are, this is something stable and then you can do and you can be esoteric about other things around your portfolio career. All right. I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode for all the tips we've tried to provide you on how to deal within certain organizations with this tech layoff, tech hiring freezes. If you did like our show, please give us a rating, preferably five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. And we'll be back next week.